Hey Rockstar, thank you so much for pressing play on this episode of Confidently in Charge. I am your host, Allison KT, and I help people-pleasing entrepreneurs find their backbone. We have got a great conversation with an entrepreneur who's been there and done it. I am so excited to share this story with you today. Let's dive in. Right. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Confidently in Charge. I am your host, Allison KT, and I am so excited to be joined today by my new Denver friend, newly here in Denver with me, uh, Diana Davis, who is a business coach helping creative entrepreneurs ditch the hustle, land those dream clients, grow that profitable business. Um, you know, she's got a huge collaboration over competition heart, uh, and is just really an awesome cheerleader that you want in your corner. So I'm super excited to have Diana here with us today on the show. Welcome. Hello. Hello. I'm so, so excited to be here. (laughs) Yay. Well, yes. So one of the biggest things that we talk about on the show and a place that we typically start with folks is really your journey to entrepreneurship and kind of letting the listeners get to know you a bit. Um, So, you know, you're an entrepreneur. Let us know a little bit about your business um, and how you got here and just kind of your um, origin story, if you will. Yeah. I always find that so expanding too. It's kind of like the, how I built this, right. You need to know where people came from so it can be expanding. So, you know, you can do it too. Um, I am originally from Colorado and I grew up in the middle of nowhere on a ranch. Um, my dad is a cowboy. I grew up outside a town of 500 people. And I say that because my life has changed drastically since then it has been very non-linear And, but I do think that entrepreneur spirit sort of came from that ranching lifestyle. Um, I've always known I'm a photographer. I've been playing with cameras since I was a little kid and they just, my parents kept being like, wow, this is more and more serious. Maybe we should get, you know, her a better camera and then a better camera. So that's always been a thing for me. Um, which isn't always the case for people. Some people pick up photography way later in life and are more successful than I ever was. So it doesn't necessarily have to be that way either. I went to school in Montana for graphic design and photography and long story short, worked in the food industry, started as a graphic designer and photographer, started going to food shows in New York city And that was it for me. I was like, man, I, I gotta go. I'm going to New York. (laughs) So that's the biggest leap that I took first. And I think entrepreneurship is absolutely about leaps a lot of the times or just getting pushed off cliffs, you know, and seeing Mm -hmm. if you can fly. There's that too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So I moved to New York city without a job or a plan, literally knew no one. And I networked my butt off on LinkedIn and got a job at one of the biggest publishing companies in the world, Time Inc. And they do Sports Illustrated and Time Magazine and Real Simple and People and all of those. So I was a graphic designer there. I got poached over to Hearst, which is Esquire, Harper's Bazaar, Cosmopolitan 17. And I got laid off and it was the best day of my life. And that's how I became an entrepreneur full time. Um, That looked like for three years, me working with mostly women entrepreneurs in the wellness space, 
also a lot of food brands and clean beauty brands, which I also think are in the wellness bubble doing their photography and, um, sometimes graphic design and just hustling my butt off for three years. And then we hit pandemic and I transitioned to being a business coach for other creative entrepreneurs. So now I do that full time. I actually stopped doing photography entirely. I don't know what that looks like in the future, if that's forever or just for now. Um, but now I am full-time coaching one-on-one as well as a group course that I love called Camp Clarity. And right now it just feels super aligned and fills my heart because I get to help these other creative entrepreneurs through something that I went through as well. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So, okay. One, I just love the, just the trajectory of like, you know, you're not born into this like New York city, high paced, you know, massive brands life. Like you, you created that, like that, that came through your path. And I love how all of these little pieces of your path have sort of shaped who you are now and the work that you do now. Um, so, oh my gosh, I, I love almost the permission element of that, of like, even if you're like getting down on yourself of like, oh, I'm from the middle of nowhere. Like, I'm never going to get those connections. It's like, you can create that. That can Mm -hmm. be in the cards for you. So I just love that element of your story of like, you know, continue going, keep, keep going. Um, So through that, like what has kept you going? What has been like the game changer of getting to this place, you know, like the, is it the mindset work or the accountability or like, how do you feel like you've, um, you know, come to this place of like, this is my business. This is what I'm doing. Um, what's, what's been the mindset aspect of this, this journey you've been on? Yeah. Wow. That's a really good question. One of my coaches said the other day, she probably didn't make this up, but she said it. Um, you don't sign up for entrepreneurship without signing up for personal development, right? Mm. So that's a huge part of it. You can absolutely, and it's probably easier actually to get a job, have boundaries for that job, eight to five or whatever it is, have this job title, have the things that you do each day, have the org chart and who you're in charge of and who's in charge of you make money and go live your life that's easier. <laughs> um, entrepreneurship is a whole ball game. And I think it's really trendy right now to work for yourself. And I just want to also give the permission that it is not for everyone. And that's okay. Doesn't mean you're not cool or successful mm-hmm. if you're not an entrepreneur. Um, what drives me and helps me through this? Absolutely. Mindset work you have to, if you're off, you can have all the strategy in the world and things aren't going to come through. Cause it's you, like you are the bottleneck. Right. And so mindset work is huge. And I think one of the biggest things that I started really tapping into, even moving to New York city, when I was in corporate life, anything intuition, I think is so powerful and just really knowing there's a bigger picture out there that you're playing a part in and just 
trusting the plan. Mm -hmm. I remember quick example was in college, we had to go through portfolio reviews through graphic design and photography. They were the most anxiety inducing thing I've ever experienced (laughs) because if we didn't pass these portfolio reviews, which are solely based on opinion, we had to redo the course or choose something else, like go get a business major, which was like a big, you know, separation there. It's like, wow, my life could either go this way or this way. Very big change. And I just finally had to be like, you know what, if it's not meant to be, it won't happen. And I will go do something else. And I'm, I'm, I need to change my path. And if it's meant to be, it will happen. And it's out of my hands. And all I can do is just put in the action and put in the best work I can and trust that the plan is there for you. You can only connect the dots backwards as Steve Jobs says. And I think that's really powerful. So you have to lean on that intuition. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the path is there and there's that, I hear a lot of that trusting element of like, Mm -hmm. look before, like, you know, a leap, allow yourself to fly. Um, you know, the personal development is, is such an intertwined part. And so just giving yourself the permission to say like, okay, I've started a business. This might get messy and just, you know, diving into that. Oh, so powerful. Um, I want to come a little bit to, so through this, this journey that you've been on, um, you've had a few different identities along the way. Um, You know, you spoke of doing the graphic design, you know, being a photographer, having those stress inducing portfolio experiences, you know, having that now, you know, you've transitioned into this business coach, um, you know, role. So take us through, like, you know, you maybe thought of being a graphic designer. That's not what you're doing now. You know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like you perceive that as a failure. So, you know, take us through like your relationship to these identities that you've had. Yeah. That's a really good topic for sure. And I think a lot of people, especially creative entrepreneurs struggle or are challenged by that because we enroll ourselves into our work and it's really hard to separate the two. So if some of our work dies off in some way, it's like this ego death for ourselves, right? So first of all, graphic design was something I went to school for because I knew I wanted to do something creative, but really wanted to solve problems, but also knew that I, or thought I couldn't make money doing anything else in art that graphic design was like the money maker degree. So I really did it out of that. I didn't think I could make money doing photography. Instagram didn't exist. Like we weren't doing all this digital stuff at the time. Um, I didn't want to do weddings, you know? And so the only reason I got a photography minor was because I transferred a couple of times and was a little behind and had time to do it. And turns out my whole career so far, which three years is just a blip in the whole scheme of things, right. Has been photography. And that's how I got my start. And graphic design was this base I could kind of fall onto if I needed, you know, extra cash or whatever, but it was never my passion. Um, so when I transferred to business coaching, first of all, the imposter syndrome was unreal. 
<laughs> and really I, I was wondering I, about that with like yeah yeah and is still, it the same for the identities or is it like different you know I think photography is one thing it depends I think it depends on the person photography for me was like I was just good at it and everyone kept telling me I was good at from a young age so it's like mm-hmm. cool I'm good at it <laughs> mm-hmm. and then graphic design was actually really hard for me I had to like really work at it and there were people in class that were so much more talented than me I couldn't illustrate or hand letter or any of these things that I thought were so cool and so I felt a lot of imposter syndrome there too even when I went to work for Time Inc. and I'm, you know, doing publication design, which is totally my jam, but it's like words and image. You're not like creating a logo from scratch or a brand identity. And so I felt a lot of imposter syndrome there. Like, is it okay that I'm only doing this piece of graphic design and making sometimes more money than my friends? You know, is that an imposter? Like, am I one? So I think it's all how we were nurtured to, you know, to learn if we were good at something or not, or believe that, um, the coaching thing was like, I didn't ever think I was going to be a coach. Are you kidding me? (laughs) And so when that came about, I wouldn't even call myself a coach. I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, doing these mentorship sessions or strategy sessions. And it's just with me, I'm not your coach. I'm just like this person you're sitting down with and I'm just going to help you if I can. And finally I stepped into that because I had enough social proof to tell me and validate me that that was a thing, which unfortunately sometimes we need, should we need it? No. Like, should we validate ourselves? Absolutely. But sometimes just that's the way it works. So Mm -hmm. yeah, all of those identities were really hard to even step into. And then photography and graphic design, I let go of entirely. Graphic design was pretty easy for me to let go of. I didn't really care. Photography, I stopped taking shoots and it's never came back. And I don't know if I want to do it again professionally. And that's what I'm known for. Like people don't know me as a business coach. People know me as a photographer. So mm-hmm. how do you step into that and let that die without looking at it as a failure? Like you said, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's interesting. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm doing so much thinking around this identity aspect. And like, I think your story is just, it's interesting because I, in the time that I've known you, I've really seen you as a business coach and I'm sort mm-hmm. of like, oh yeah, that's, that's what I see Diana do. And I, I think that just speaks to how much you embody that. Mm. And like, I think that's, you know, the really cool thing I hear, like, you know, at this new level, when you are really embodying who you are, like, is there imposter syndrome now that you've quote unquote arrived? Like, does it feel like you've arrived or, you know, do you still see you know, what's, what's coming next? How is the imposter syndrome kind of at that level? Yeah. I mean, as they say, new levels, new devils, right? Mm -hmm. So do I feel very confident in my business coaching now? And yeah, I call myself a business coach for creative entrepreneurs. Absolutely. I am on, you know, the wait list is now open for my camp clarity round three. So I'm on my Mm -hmm. round three, which is super exciting will I probably be able to do that in my sleep pretty soon? Yeah. Like the more repetition, the more practice, the easier things get, but launching new programs, you know, doing one-on-one coaching, 
looking at someone and being like, can I help them? You know, do I really know more than they do? Or can I guide them in this way? There's always imposter syndrome and it just depends on the day. And I think it's time to normalize that. I think people, you know, the best quarterback in the nation still before, you know, still loses a game and before a game probably freaks out a little bit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Who am I to be here? Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it always happens. Oh, I love that, that normalizing of it. And also just that acknowledgement that like maybe the arrival that we set for ourselves or like the goal or the destination or the finish line, like I love acknowledging that like, you know, it continues and it's Mm -hmm. not like, okay, I ran the group program. I'm done. Like, you know, you're in a place where you're like, cool, I'm running it again. And like, I'm, you know, it's becoming easier and like, I'm able to impact so many people. Now I can add other ways. And like, there's just so much expansion happening. Um, And so, you know, I, I wonder about what, what you do daily to kind of manifest that for yourself. Like, how do you keep this kind of high vibe, like, you know, keep the imposter syndrome at bay? Um, yeah. What's that look like for you? Yeah. I think this journey of that started for me about a year ago and February, 2020, before I even knew there was a pandemic happening, <laughs> I was in the lowest point of my mental health and business health and all the above. And I was just putting a lot of pressure on myself to make things happen and they weren't happening. And so I was beating myself up for it. And we were just in this vicious spiral. And that's when I first out of desperation, hired my first business coach, quite literally changed my life. And I'm not even going to lie to you. I opened up a 0% credit card you know, 0% APR for 18 months and like paid for it that way. Um, so I'm not here to glamorize that. Like we have to have a ton of cash to be able to up level, you know, should you be smart about credit cards? Yes. That's another story. (laughs) But, um, that was my first experience sort of getting help. And that was a huge part of it. I will never not be in something whether it's a group course or my own business coach, I will never not be held accountable. And just, it really, really helped that entrepreneurship roller coaster kind of steady out. So the swings weren't so crazy. So I didn't go in these crazy mindset spirals on my own. I could just be like, Hey, what do you think of this? And have Mm -hmm. someone to bounce stuff off of. Um, and recognize my blind spots. So that was kind of the beginning of it all. And I think therapy and business coaching, like I invested in every sort of anything last year and continued um, just to like get myself as well as I can. Um, And a lot of that came into the routines of my day. I love my morning routine now thank you quarantine. Like truly I would not have a morning routine or a routine at all without quarantine. Cause I'm a Gemini and I'm <laughs> all over the place and I was burning myself out. I would say yes to an 8am or 7am shoot. And I'd say yes to a 7pm shoot. So my day was scattered all over the place. And I was running around New York city where you don't have a car with mm-hmm. all my equipment all the time. Backpack I- your day on your back. Yeah. 
yeah, <laughs> my oh, back health is so much better. <laughs> yeah. Now that I'm oh okay. yeah. Um, but yeah, the morning routine has been amazing for me and I have set my boundaries, which is something that I coach on a lot boundaries and time management to things like I shut my computer by 7 PM. And I do not send an email past that because if I do, then my clients expect me to be available at 2 AM or whenever they need me. Right. So setting those boundaries, I take Mondays without any calls so I can have a super easygoing morning routine. So I don't have the Sunday scaries. I think like the Sunday scaries are ridiculous. Why cut off our weekend? The only weekend we, we only have two days. Why like make half of one awful? Mm, <laughs> so like, love that. Yes. Yeah, taking care <laughs> of things on Sunday or like on Monday morning and leaving myself breathing room for admin work and answering those emails. So I don't have to do it on Sunday, things like that. So the routines, the meditation, the reading personal development books, and just giving myself time off, um, very intentionally has been a game changer for sure. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Well, first, thank you for, you know, acknowledging like the mental health struggles and like the whole, the realness of like, it's not always rainbows and butterflies and like, it's not like snap your fingers. I'm a successful business owner now. Like there are those couch crying moments for sure. And um, I love, you know, hearing how your life, it sounds like you've created just an existence for yourself that is so conducive to the success that you want to experience. Like you're constantly plugging into like the high vibe personal development books and having the coaching and the accountability. Um, and I also just, I love the, the realness of like the work that we, our own journey shapes the work that we do with clients. Mm, and like, so I love that now you're in this place of you know, your boundaries and your scheduling really do allow you to be who you want to be. So it's super cool that you um, help other people with that. And it's so great that you kind of went there because that's where I was planning on taking us um, because I have a few friends who are currently in your group program and I know some folks who have done it in the past. um, And I, I definitely have heard from them, like the boundaries, the scheduling, the making time for yourself, um, just the power of that. So, you know, for the listener who has not yet had the privilege of being in your program or hearing kind of your lessons with that, um, you know, what tips do you have for setting those boundaries Mm. when you're, you know, just starting off, maybe your next Monday is your first day as a full-time entrepreneur, you know, what's your kind of tips for setting up that, that structure and boundaries for yourself? Yeah. Great question. Um, first I would look into and dig in with yourself. Why the heck you want to do this thing in the first place? Why not just go get a corporate job, right? Like what makes it worth putting this out there? Right. And I totally, my mission is to debunk the idea of the starving artist and the creative entrepreneur, you know, like we should be able to put our gifts out there without thinking we're going to have to, you know, sacrifice pay or some sort of lifestyle to do it. Like we should be paid to do what we do because it's important. So why are you doing it? 
Why are you putting this gift out into the world? Why do you want to do this entrepreneurship thing? And that's going to put a lot of things into perspective, right? How much you work and are you doing this so that you can actually live a fulfilling life? Because, you know, for the first three years of my business, I really mm, kind of built my business. So my life was rotating around it instead of the other way around. And now, which I was happy, I was happy to hustle and happy to do it. And I wouldn't be able to teach on it if I wouldn't have had all that happen. But now I really want to live. Like, I don't want my life to revolve around my business. I want it the other way around. So what are those things that you need? Do you need weekends off to like, go enjoy them with your family? Do you need nights off? You know, do you need your morning to be long and slow and easy and me time? What do you need? And schedule those things in first and actually put them on your calendar. Like, don't just say like, yeah, I'm going to take weekends off. Like put a whole block on your day and say, you know, me time, put some fun emojis in there. So you're excited about it color it a certain way, color code it. (laughs) And then, you know, like, even for me, I put walk outside, like get outside so that I get an alert before all of a sudden it's 8 PM and the sun's gone. And I am just going to wake up to another day of working. You know, what are those things that mean a lot to you that you need to implement in? Cause we don't have to sacrifice those just because you're a new entrepreneur. Mm, Ooh, Yeah. Yeah. So that makes me wonder because I I love having, you know, putting that on your calendar, having that space. Um, But I know a big thing in that newer world of entrepreneurship is that scarcity idea Mm. of like, oh gosh, but if I, if I'm taking this luscious morning, like what if somebody can only work with me on Mondays? Like I can't take it off. Um, So, you know, what do you say to, you know, maybe that person who's in that scarcity mindset of like, I can't, you know, take all that time for me. I'm supposed to help others. Um, you know, what do you say to that kind of fear or voice that comes up? Yeah. I'd say, why not? Why not? (laughs) Why can't you, you know, take that morning off because you don't, we can't assume, right. What are the, the four agreements? you haven't read it. No, you probably have for sure. But if our listeners haven't read it, the four agreements, one of them is to never assume, never take things personal, be impeccable with your word. I can't remember the fourth one, but never assume. So don't assume someone can't afford you. You don't know what their financial situation is like. Don't assume someone won't take a day off during the week to work with you. I've had it happen multiple times, either work with me on an evening, which is when I want to shoot anyway, when I was shooting or, you know, they would literally take a day off for real to say they had a dentist appointment if they were working a full-time job, or I was working with my ideal client, which was an entrepreneur who had the time to schedule things when they needed to. So just kind of saying, okay, if, you're going to be in that scarcity mindset. You're going to be like every other entrepreneur starting out. And it's going to be really rough for you for a long time until you figure it out. But if you can put those boundaries in starting with square one, 
things are going to be so much easier for you and just easeful, right? So that's my, that's my challenge is just like reflecting it back. Like, why can't you? Yeah. I love that. Mm, Set that boundary with that voice when it comes into you and just, you know, have that moment of like, Hey, this doesn't have to be the truth. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I don't have to assume that other people can't afford me. I don't know their situation. Um, such a great, a great way. I love the idea of connecting to the four agreements there. Um, yeah. And, uh, be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. Mm. And so, yeah, those take those readers yep. or listeners, not readers, <laughs> your listeners take and those go read. <laughs> and go read and go read the four agreements. Um, amazing. Well, I want to, um, before we wrap up, just give you space, you know, is there anything else on your heart or a message that you, um, you know, want to share or feeling called to share uh, for those new entrepreneurs, you know, getting through those hard days, you've already shared so much in terms of, you know, some of those practical ways to get through hard days and things like that. But um, anything that's on your heart that you want to share? Yeah, I would just say in something that I preach like crazy and also being a storyteller through photography, um, your story is worth telling every single one of you out there. Your story is absolutely worth telling and you don't have to have like a tragic situation for your story to be, be worth telling. And when you are going through the mud of entrepreneurship, the roller coaster of it, the highs and the lows, you're allowed to tell people about it. You're allowed to put yourself out there, whether it's on social media or in networking groups or group courses or whatever the case may be, you're allowed and people need to hear what you have to say. So if you are, you know, one of my most vulnerable social media posts, which I am all about the social media and showing up for that. Right. Um, was me talking about burnout and you know what? I could have been so scared that my clients would be like, Ooh, maybe we shouldn't work with her because she's like, not really like just confident and whatever. We have all these stories in our heads of what people are going to think when they see this stuff. And that's kind of my big pivot of just starting to be really vulnerable with my business and where I was at mentally. Um, and that made people go, Oh my God, me too. I feel that too. And so we start to normalize that. We start to build community around that. We start to build relationships and even your clients go, wow, she's authentic and real. That's really cool. And so just telling your story and knowing it's worth it and whatever you're feeling, whether it's you're celebrating your biggest month in revenue ever, like go celebrate it with people. If you're feeling awful, let people know so they can normalize it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Such, oh, it's like living your life as a permission slip mm-hmm. for other people. You're just like, yeah, celebrate your, your joys, celebrate your successes, share those hard times. Like, um, I see so much in your story of the ways, you know, you spoke about reaching out to, you know, the group programs that you're a part of or the accountability or the coaches that you have. Um, 
and not having to be in that shame or not shame, but not having to be in that mental spiral alone. Um, And so, yeah, when we share with other people, we're inviting others to that party to say like, okay, yep, let's get out of this. You know, I'm here, be with me in this place when amazing. So this has been an awesome conversation and I'm sure listeners are like, oh my gosh, how do I connect with this woman. Um, so where can people find you? What kind of cool things, um, you know, do you have going on where, where can people connect and, um, plug in with the wonderful Diana Davis world? (laughs) Yeah. And I'm a connector. I love to connect. So please reach out and I'm the one in the DMS. So, um, Instagram is my jam. I love that platform for connection. So Diana Davis creative is where you can find me pretty much anywhere. Also dianadaviscreative.com. Um, but I would love to like actually say hi. So if you're listening to this, please come say hi in, in my DMS and let me know you came from this podcast. Um, what do I have going on? Well, camp clarity is like I said, launching its third round. Um, it starts May 13th and waitlist is open. So that's really exciting. And we already have a lot of creative entrepreneurs that are, oh, I just get chills talking to them. They're so great. And they all have such unique things to give. Um, so the group is already shaping up to be amazing. And I also just launched one-on-one coaching. If that's something, you know, people really want to dig in one-on-one, but I'm always, you know, I'm building out some other offerings too, that will be coming soon to support all the creative entrepreneurs out there. And I just want to say like, Allison, you're a creative entrepreneur. Yogis are creative entrepreneurs. You know, anybody that has this heart centered gift, they want to give to the world. And a lot of times we want to give it away for free. You're probably a creative entrepreneur. (laughs) So it doesn't just have to be like a photographer or a painter. You know, it can be a lot of different things and look a lot of different ways. Amazing. Oh, yes. I will definitely link everything in uh, descriptions and show notes and all of that. So folks can uh, plug in, but mm, yes, creative entrepreneurs, anyone. Yes. I love the, the acknowledgement that you can identify as that, that can be a Mm. thing. There's no policing saying like, Oh, show me your art degree. Like (laughs) that's not a thing, not (laughs) Not a thing. Amazing. So cool. Well, thank you again, Diana, for joining us and Mm -hmm. everyone. Thank you for listening. Yes. um, If you are catching the podcast, grab a screenshot, post it in your stories, tag both of us, let us know a takeaway. Um, That would be amazing. Uh, And thank you so much for tuning in. Um, We will catch you all next week. 